You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, Episode 50. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So we're going to continue our trend. In the last couple of episodes, we've been answering some listener, reader questions. Uh, we answered a question from Nina and a question from Jamie. Today, we're going to do three different questions that have to do with estriol. Uh, the first one is from Sherry. So Sherry had a question. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and read it for you. It says, uh, hi, what is estriol that is prescribed made from? I know that estradiol is from equine urine. Equine is um, horse. And I stopped taking it for that reason, and it also caused my breasts to get really large and very tender. I want a natural menopause supplement that isn't animal-derived. Does estriol fit that description? Thank you, Sherry. Uh, so a couple things. Uh, we thought this was worthwhile. One, it's fairly short, um, but she is not quite accurate on one of the things that she mentioned in the question. Uh, she says that estradiol is from equine or horse urine, uh, and that's not quite accurate. Uh, there are uh, some medications on the market that are derived from, they call them conjugated equine estrogens, um, but that's not estradiol. Estradiol in all of its forms, estradiol is technically bioidentical. Uh, now, in some cases, commercially, they what 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 are the forms of estradiol? Premarin, prempro. Uh, oh, you mean like the equine estrogen derived? The horse estrogen is typically premarin, prempro, which is the most common hormone replacement in the last forty years. I mean, I mean, we know I know women in their eighties that are that are still taking premarin, unfortunately, but it is derived from horses. And and I. Totally understand, Sherry. I don't want to take hormones that are made from animals either. Yeah, and even some birth controls have conjugated equine estrogens in there as well. But she mentions estradiol specifically. Estradiol is one of the main forms of estrogen in the body. Estrone, estradiol, and estriol. What are the different forms of estradiol that it comes in conventionally? So for um, what might be easier, Sherry, because I do think estradiol might be helpful for you, but estradiol is the strongest form of estrogen in terms of the three that we make in our bodies. Like Dr. Mackey said, estrone, E1, estradiol, E2, and estriol, E3, is they come like commonly from a compounding pharmacy, not necessarily from your big box pharmacy, is you'll get the estradiol um, more that we prescribe comes as a combination called biest that has estradiol and estriol together. There is an old school compound that they used to use called triest, and it had the estrone, the estradiol, and the estriol all together. That's pretty much obsolete now. Most docs usually go for biest. But if you're going to see your gynecologist or you know um, your primary care physician and they want to give you some hormones, typically conventionally is they will give you estradiol. And it is not made from from horse urine, but you know, there are some forms of estrogen replacement that are from horses. So you want to be, you know, check for that. But true estradiol is, and it, and it can come, conventionally come in tablets, come in patches, so, you know, the Bavel patch, the mini, mini patch, they're all, you know, estradiol is they are technically bioidentical. 
Yeah, right. And they have dosages that range from like a half a milligram, one milligram, two milligrams, and that's it. Um, but even that two milligram estradiol can be really strong. Yeah. So, and, and it is made from yams. So most good compounding pharmacies will make their estradiol, estriol, their est- estrogen forms from yams. There were some old school pharmacies, I don't even think that they do this anymore, that would make it from soy. So there might be some that still do that, but you don't want to take estradiol that's been derived from soy. Derived from yams is is safe. So I would say for sherry, you know, estradiol might not be the worst thing for you, but if you were taking some form of estradiol and you were getting, which is very common, swollen breast, large and painful, because estrogen or estradiol in particular loves to grow things, is estriol probably would be really good for you or maybe doing a combination of very little bit of estradiol, the E2, small, small bit of estradiol um, with a larger amount of the estriol to balance out some of the negative effects of estradiol, but you can still get the benefits of it. Yeah, right. And more than likely, if it was estradiol, that was probably an oral prescription, right? So it was probably a tablet. Uh, And we don't usually do, we never actually never do oral estrogen. Uh, We prefer a transdermal cream in that respect. So, you know, not only is estradiol, especially at a one or two milligrams strong enough, but then you take it orally and it's even stronger. It puts a really, uh, you know, it kind of puts a burden on the liver because the liver has to detoxify all of that estrogen. Uh, So the tender breasts and just feeling a little bit bloated and maybe some weight gain is really common to, you know, with that kind of a medication. So uh, like you mentioned, biased, uh, a very common ratio for bias is 80-20. That's where you and I usually start the most. So 80% would be estriol, the weaker hormone, and then 20% would be the the estradiol, which is the stronger one. So you don't need as much of the stronger one because the weaker hormone, the estriol, provides most of the menopausal benefit that women want anyways. Better sleep, less hot flashes, less night sweats, but you don't get all that, you know, the other stuff that the higher amount of estradiol can be. Uh, Some of the other questions we're going to get into later, they talk about, you know, using a bias 50-50 ratio. And I think that that's starting out a woman on a 50-50 ratio. Um, That can be a little bit, maybe not risky, um, but it, you know, if you don't know how they're going to tolerate, start out with an 80-20 and then eventually they might have to go to a 50-50, but you don't start with a 50-50, at least in our opinion anyways. Yeah, unless they're coming off of conventional hormone replacement. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like I mentioned, Premarin from the the horse urine, I had a lot of women that came to me because their doctors immediately just took them off of it. With the Women's Health Initiative and saying, you know, how that, you know, it it wasn't healthy, they would immediately just take these poor women that had been on Premarin for 20 years and all of a sudden they're on nothing and they want to jump off a bridge. So then you have to go quite a bit stronger when you're doing a bioidentical form. But that really is the only case. And then, you know, some people are different in terms of their, you know, sensitivity and what their goals and health goals are. But, um, here I am rambling, but that would be <laughs> that would be the case. Okay, I'm a, I'm off on a on a on another level here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that that satisfies. Uh, so for Sherry, I think estri- uh, estriol would be fine. I don't think she needs to do just straight estriol. She can certainly do, like you said, she can do a combination of the two, a bias combination and an eighty twenty combination because she's already pr- uh, shown to be somewhat sensitive to estradiol. Doing an eighty twenty ratio of of estriol to estradiol. And a starting milligram amount, you, you and I usually start at what, around three milligrams, three to five milligrams, depending. 
Yeah, I mean, if yeah, it kind of depends on if she's still on that estradiol or if she stopped it. You know, it really kind of depends. Yeah, right, right. Uh, also, what she doesn't say in there is if you and this is whether you know gynecologists sometimes believe if you don't have a uterus, you don't need progesterone. We always give one of the rules that we follow when it comes to hormone replacement because she doesn't mention anything about progesterone in here. Is you always give a woman. You never give a woman unopposed estrogen, meaning you never give estrogen by itself. You always balance that with some progesterone. And usually we like to give progesterone in a capsule form and the estrogen in a cream form. Um, like you mentioned before, that protects the uterus nicely. Plus the progesterone is an, has some nice effects on the brain. It affects, you know, it has a nice effects on mood and sleep, and it just creates uh, some balance. So that's when, like Dr. Mackey was saying, you know, the unopposed estrogen would be more if he had some kind of estradiol, where the next couple of questions are just straight up about estriol, which we wouldn't necessarily, um, topically for vaginal dryness, which you wouldn't necessarily have to use progesterone to balance that out. Yeah. So having said that, let's move into, so both of these questions, the first one's from Rochelle. Uh, I have vaginal dryness and I've noticed a little bit of spotting today. I haven't had sex in over three years, but I do walk a lot and use cream from time to time. And I have a lot of burning off and on. The cream seems to help, but I don't want to use it that much. The laser sounds worth it, but expensive for me. I was concerned about the spotting. Uh, I just had my pap smear done and it came back good. So Rochelle was actually a reader. She read um, one of our articles on vaginal dryness and estriol. So um, when she's talking about the cream, she's talking about the estriol that she's on. And in that article, there is the Mona Lisa, or you can do a vaginal laser through your gynecologist, and it actually helps with vaginal dryness and urinary issues or urinary incontinence. It's really... Um, Actually, it works really awesome for that, but it is out of pocket and it is, and it can be quite pricey, you know, several thousands dollars, but you don't have to do too many treatments. Usually three takes care of it. So that was one option for somebody that didn't want to take hormones or couldn't take hormones for whatever reason is to do the laser, but doing estriol, like we had mentioned earlier with the three estrogens, estriol E3 is the most gentle form of estrogen that you can apply that topically to the vaginal tissues in a very low dose and work on vaginal dryness without it actually going super into the bloodstream and raising up your estrogen levels like it would be applying an estradiol to the vaginal tissues. So for Rochelle, one of the biggest things is when I when females are having intercourse, uh, they notice vaginal dryness, pain with intercourse, and they might even have some bleeding if they have vaginal atrophy due to low estrogen levels of being postmenopausal. So the estriol is a great, great thing for that. But in the case of Rochelle, um, and this is common, doing a lot of walking and those poor little tissues can get chaffed and they can bleed or get really irritated. Yeah, right. And conventionally, you go to your gynecologist, uh, there is there is not a, a commercial estriol prescription um, for whatever reason. In this country. In this country. Well, we did get a, a response from someone, I believe it was from Ireland, says that they have a um, they have an, an an estriol prescription, you know, overseas, but they don't have one in this country. Not uh, yeah, not big box pharmacy, which is unfortunate. So, um, but anyway, but that's one of our little secrets. Not a secrets, but it's one of our you know amazing tools. Uh, we use estriol a lot specifically for this issue, and it works amazingly well. It's like you said, it is gentle enough, but yet 
provides the benefit. Um, so women, uh, usually you start off with anywhere from a half a milligram to, you know, two to four milligrams as far as a dosage. And that dosage can change a little bit depending on the severity of the, the dryness and or the atrophy. Uh, and usually over a period of time, they might use it a little bit more frequently in the beginning, but then, you know, anywhere from one to three times a week is a reasonable amount to use. And, you know, woman knows her body better than anyone, you know, certainly better than her doctor does. She's going to be able to you know, figure out and know what her balance is and what her frequency of use needs to be over time. Because those vaginal tissues, those cells are very much kind of, you can say, quote unquote, fed, fed by estrogen. So when you hit menopause or or you had your ovaries taken out for whether it's endometriosis or some kind of, you know, issue with removing the ovaries and then you don't have any estrogen left, then those the one of the biggest symptoms that women find is that their vaginal tissues become very dry. Those cells become what they call parabasal cells or immature vaginal cells, which makes them very vulnerable to friction and irritation and even infection, even like bacterial vaginosis or, or yeast infection, it makes you more prone to it. So one thing, and there's lots of women that take, you know, take hormones and they don't have the vaginal dryness. So they don't even need the vaginal estriol cream. But there's a lot of women that opt not to do hormones, whether it's bioidentical hormone replacement or just general hormone replacement conventionally, they opt not to do it. And that's just fine. Everybody has their, you know, their personal opinion. And we completely agree with that. But those poor little vaginal tissues end up having to suffer some consequences from that. So like Dr. Mackey said, is the estriol vaginally can do wonders without actually going fully into the bloodstream if you keep that dose low and you don't use it often. Most of the time, like you said, you use it twice a week, once a week, and after a while you kind of forget about it and do it every other week. It comes in creams. Some women that have very painful penetration with intercourse, I might use a suppository for a first couple of months to really um, get the tissues up in the higher vaginal canal um, hydrated. But for the most part, most women with vaginal dryness, it's around the first one-third, right, where the opening is. So that's why using cream is really nice. But in the case with Rochelle, you know, she loves to walk. I mean, gosh, walking is great. Exercise is awesome. But that rubbing and that friction is probably bothering those poor little tissues. Yeah. I've had uh, one patient in particular uh, a number of years ago that she couldn't even wear pants. Uh, she had to wear skirts or dresses all the time because it, it was just so painful. Uh, and for her, hers was kind of an, I would consider to be a pretty extreme case. And it took probably about nine months or so. And she got benefit like right away within the first, you know, uh, noticeable uh, improvement within the first 30 days. But it took about nine months for most of that pain and discomfort to, you know, to go away. And there's been a few other ones. And, you know, one woman I have also too, and I know you have a lot of these stories, but she was in her seventies. Um, she is in her seventies and she's still using estriol cream. And now her little bit of a backstory, her husband died. Um, you know, so that was of course tragic, but she has a new boyfriend and because specifically because of the estriol cream, her and her boyfriend were actually able to, you know, be intimate. And she was so thankful that, you know, um, she didn't, she thought that was going to be over forever. Um, but with, by using a little bit of estriol cream, it took a little while, took a little patience and, you know, they had to kind of work out a little bit, but it was able to take care of the, you know, the pain and the discomfort. And, um, you know, they were both able to enjoy a nice time together. Oh, that's, that's a really beautiful story. Cause you're right. I mean, intimacy and, and, and sexual contact shouldn't go away once you hit menopause. Yeah, no, I no, mean, no. no, no, yeah. So I think that's really awesome. So, And when um, Rochelle was saying that she was concerned about the spotting, 
She just had her pap smear done, so she's probably fine. Of course, she should probably go back and see her see her doctor to let her know, let him or her know that she's having the spotting, but she probably just needs maybe a little stronger dose or a little bit more frequency. I'll even have some women that have terrible um, pain with intercourse or dryness do the estriol every day for a week, and then thereafter they back it down to almost nothing. So it really, you know, I think I encourage Rochelle to go back to her practitioner so that they can kind of change that up so that she can continue walking and not have this constant burning. Yeah. And if it doesn't get better after a period of time, depending on what the dosage is, like I said, some practitioners do you half a milligram. If it's a severe case, uh, you know, if it's a pretty severe case, it's going to need to be higher. The dosage needs to be higher than a half a milligram probably. And what we normally do to minimize the amount of cream that needs to be applied vaginally, we usually use, we raise the concentration. Okay. So um, this is the kind of like a real world example. Let's say we wanted a woman to use two milligrams at night for before bed. We would raise the concentration to four milligrams per gram, and then she applies one half a gram at night as needed. Okay, so that means each half a gram that she's applying would be only two milligrams, and she does that you know one to three times a week, maybe a little bit more in the beginning, like you said, for the first week or so, ten days, and then after that she'll notice a change, and then she uses it one to three times a week. Um, and it's very controlled. You know exactly how much estrogen she's getting. And that, you know, like you said before too, that really doesn't affect the systemic. If she's got hot flashes at the same time, that little bit of vaginal cream is probably not going to have an impact on her hot flashes. No, def- definitely not. She'd need to do, like we talked about with Sherry, probably a little bit of estradiol with that. Um, so that was Rochelle. And then we have a second question here. Um, Dr. Mackey, do you want to read it? Uh, yeah. So this is from Olive. I live in Scotland and I get prescriptions for estriol every 56 days if necessary. I recently started to use it for vaginal atrophy and it is gradually helping but takes a long time. My GP is quite happy with estriol and anything would be better than the constant burning pain associated with my with this condition. My GP says I will have to use this in one week, uh, once a week for the rest of my life. I think it's so neat that we have people from Scotland um, listening to the podcast or reading our articles. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, someone else uh, from Ireland um, reached out just to let us know that they actually have a, and just like this one in Europe, they actually have commercial estriol available. And I don't know why it's not available over here. It is FDA approved. Some people say that estriol is not FDA approved. We could not write prescriptions for estriol if it was not FDA approved. It is FDA approved. There are just no commercial versions that you can get from CVS or Walgreens. It has to come from, that's why it's our little secret, because gynecologists don't even know you can even write prescriptions for estriol. They don't even know it's, it exists. And I see those commercials on TV for Primarin cream, and I want to like throw a brick at the TV because you should not be using a Primarin cream when estriol is just a simple, you know, it's just like right there, readily available. Your doctor could easily write you a prescription for it. They just don't know how to, and they don't even know that it's a possibility, which I think is a little bit of a, you know, their fault that they don't know that there's a perfectly good option for you. So I think it's really cool that Olive's GP, her general practitioner, is prescribing this for her because, you know, he has the availability to do that. And so that's really neat. And, and you know, and with Olive, probably what's happening, so you know, she's getting it every 56 days. So she must be using whatever she has usually in the two month period is it's probably just like we said earlier with, you know, about Rochelle is 
the dose probably isn't strong enough and the frequency might not be enough. So so I would definitely encourage her because like she said, her GP is quite happy with estriol. We're happy with estriol. Estriol is, like Dr. Mackey was saying, is Premarin cream is going to go into your bloodstream. I had a patient and she was telling me she was applying estradiol to her vaginal tissues, which is okay, but she was not a candidate to do any kind of systemic estrogen in her bloodstream due to her personal and family history. And when we ran her blood work, you know, she's 50 six years old, postmenopausal, and her estradiol levels were that of like a 25-year-old. So trying to wean her off of that, let, al- you know, let alone wean her off of that because of the symptoms of taking that away from her, and she was very upset. She didn't realize that, um, you know, she said, I don't want to take hormones, but I needed something for the vaginal dryness, and here, you know, you know here it is, is, it's not just doing the vaginal dryness, but it's all through her bloodstream. So um, not to get on a tangent for that, but the estriol is, we're quite happy with it. Um, Olive's GP is quite happy with it, which is great. It's just her GP probably just needs to increase up the dose. And like the GP said, I'll have to use this once a week for the rest of my life. It's not a tragedy. I mean, to apply it vaginally once a week. If it, I know it's, you know, one more thing to do. I mean, we're all trying to brush our teeth, floss our, you know, floss our teeth, and we all have our, you know, things to do. It ends up being one more ritual to do. But I do think like she said, the constant burning associated with this condition, if you only have to use it once a week, that would be worth it. But I'd say in the interim, because she has this constant burning, is she wants to it, you know, have her GP would want to increase up the dose and probably have her put it on repetitively for a few, you know, for several nights and thereafter maybe twice a week, thereafter maybe once a week as she's monitoring that constant burning. Yeah. And it does kind of ebb and flow a little bit. So, you know, I, we think that it's perfectly reasonable to use it. We say, um, usually between one to three times a week, we kind of let them decide what their frequency is. Let's say they're having a lot of intercourse, uh, you know, their frequency might need to be more, you know, they might need to increase it to, you know, three times a week because of that activity. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly fine. And this is the exception where a woman does not have to take uh, progesterone to balance out the estrogen. This because it's estriol, because it's a small amount, and because it's somewhat localized. Um, like you mentioned about the estradiol, you probably don't want to do that vaginally because um, that you know it's that much closer to your uterus. If you still have your uterus and you're using estradiol vaginal or vaginally, the uterine lining is going to absolutely grow in that in that situation. That's not ideal. That's certainly not ideal. But estriol, estriol is gentler, and for this particular you know, location-specific issue works perfectly. And just on a side note, because I do try to explain this a lot to my patients, and I want to be as thorough as possible, but I have had some people misinterpret me and think they're supposed to put on that estriol before they have intercourse. And no, it's not a lubricant. And granted, if it got on your male partner, it he would be fine. <laughs> Nothing bad's going to happen if you put on the estriol and then spontaneously have sex right after you used it. But it's not something you use for sex. It's really something, ideally, you know, you would put it on at night and then the tissues hydrate. And when you do have intercourse, it, you know, there's no issues with it. So you don't use this as like a lubricant, which I've had a few patients do. And I felt bad because I wasn't, I obviously wasn't explaining it as thoroughly as I probably should have. And we do encourage um, still also with intercourse or sexual activity to still use either water or silicone-based lubricants like a KY jelly or uh, something like that. There's lots of other silicone-based ones. You know, all of those are good. You know, it might be a little trial and error to try to find one that works the best. Um, but you're right. The 
The estrogen is more there to maintain tissue integrity um, and some of that, you know, kind of natural lubrication that's going to happen for a woman where the personal lubricants are going to be more for in the moment. Good distinction on that one or good clarification. Um, you know, um, and, uh, sometimes the, you know, and believe me, you know, we've heard, they all have tried all the different types of personal lubricants and they just don't work that well by themselves. You can use all of them that you want, even coconut oil, even things in the kitchen, and they still don't take away some of the pain and some of the discomfort where the estriol, even within a matter of a, a couple of weeks sometimes, and it, you know, solves the problem perfectly. So I think that answers those three questions are all kind of about estriol in some way, shape, or form. Dr. Davidson, do you have anything else to add? No, no, no. Thank you, Rochelle, Olive, and Sherry for you know sending us your questions and taking the time to do that. And it really helps other people listening because you know we might have an issue going on, but trust me, many, many other people have the same exact issue. So it's great that we can give this information and that we can all help each other. Yeah. You know, when they put, um, this is just a side note and I'm not getting on my soapbox or anything, but when they come out with, you know, prescriptions, commercial prescriptions, it costs, you know, roughly about a billion dollars for them to bring a drug to market, give or take $300 million to do clinical trials. And then from there, you know, which is why it's, you know, a little bit of a monopoly. You have to have lots of money to make drugs. So when they're advertising something on TV, particularly like Primarin cream, um, that means there is an enormous market for them to make money off of that particular drug. That means there's millions and millions of women, all the baby boomers, right, that are dealing with this issue. And there's really, you know, that one really, we think, a very terrible option, you know, Primarin cream that is being... Or estradiol is being offered to them as, you know, a possibility when there's this beautiful one. And the ironic thing about estriol, which we'll probably get into later, is estriol can also be used as a, you know, as a face moisturizer. So the same thing you can, for the same reason why you'd use it, you know, on a, for a a vaginal, vaginal issue, you can use the same thing, you know, on your face as a, you know, I know that we both do it for patients all the time. Yeah. That does definitely help, you know, build the collagen, hydrate the tissues, which is great for wrinkles. So if you can use it down south, you can use it up north. But yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into that at a, at a later time if anybody's interested. Yeah. So uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.